Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. On the 3rd of February 1967, Ronald Ryan would be the last person to be executed in Australia, before capital punishment was abolished nationwide. Since then, the death penalty has been abolished in 111 countries around the world. However, there are still 53 countries who retain capital punishment. Countries such as Iran, China, Saudi Arabia and, of course, the United States. Another country which still uses the death penalty for certain crimes is Thailand. Since 1953, Thailand has executed 326 people. 319 of these has been by firing squad. A firing squad of just one. Traditionally, firing squads use multiple individuals with firearms. The aim of this is to reduce the psychological pressure on each squad member, as no single individual can be held accountable for the killing. Also, in many instances, a subset of the squad actually receives blanks, but of course nobody is informed prior who has these blanks, so again, reducing the burden on those involved. However, in Thailand, this job was done by just one person. Thailand's last executioner, who held the position for 35 years, was a man by the name of Shaparay Jaraboon. He executed a total of 55 prisoners during his time at the Bangkok Hilton. This number could have been 56, if David McMillan had not made the decision to do something no other Westerner had ever managed before, escape. I thought, well, let's not be hasty. I thought, yeah, no, help. Fuck it, there's a way out, there's a way out of everything. My name's Jack Lawrence. Welcome to Wanted. I'm a wanderer of the soul Before the end I plan to behold But I know I'll lose myself along the way What's gone is gone. What's past is past. Let me leave what belongs in the past. In our previous episode, David and his business partner Michael Sullivan and their Thai counterpart were on trial in Australia. Arrested after a large-scale operation by Victoria Police into their drug operation, had swooped in and arrested them. The trial itself would be somewhat of a production, lasting an astonishing six months with over 160 witnesses. David, Michael and their Thai connection each day would be led into the courtroom in chains, flanked by heavily armed police. David says the judge hated them. 
especially after an impromptu performance to the jury after lunch one day. The jury came in after lunch before he did, and there was that sort of, I said to everybody, listen, there's this embarrassing moment, the jury's sitting there, we're here in the dock. And the judge isn't uh, here. So we started singing to them a cappella songs. Uh, the Nylons had a bit of a hit with I'm Not That Kind of Guy. <laughs> and uh, you know, we got a little bit of percussion going down there. And <laughs> I'm not that kind of guy. Uh, really, the, the the guy from Thailand was had a really terrible sense of rhythm. Um, but in time to come, 10 years in prison would, would improve his musical <laughs> taste. No end. Anyway, they eventually came back. Um, not guilty, not guilty, not guilty. Guilty of one count. Uh, and the same for Michael. So that was good enough for the judge. Uh, and he could have handed out life, but he didn't uh, 15 years. So 10 years in prison. I got a little bit more for the helicopter. David was off to prison for what would be a 10-year stretch. But what about his money, homes and expensive purchases? There's a bit of a rule for being in a, in a big arrest. Uh, whatever you've, all your ill-gotten gain, uh, you can divide into three. A third of it disappears quite rapidly because you didn't secure it uh, within your direct control. Mm. Uh, another third of it goes in your desperate attempts to win the case or bring it to a lawful conclusion. Mm. And the last third of it goes during your long incarceration, which various feeble weaknesses um, tell you to reveal the last location of the last biscuit tin. So there's this really nothing there for anybody. I think somebody could probably survive a two, three, maybe even a four-year sentence with, a, with enough planning and come out relatively intact. Mm. But uh, they have their ways now. They don't like that. And the forbidden fruit must not be eaten. And in fact, if you smuggle cigarettes, they are burnt, and smuggle drugs, they are are similarly treated. But the money, well, uh, yes, sure, it's the forbidden fruit. Shall we burn that? No, what we'll do is we'll call it 100% taxation on your... (laughs) Oh, okay. And what we think you might have earned, too, for that matter. Oh, right. So, yes, if you took a holiday, that was a drug run. Oh, thank you. Uh, Funny, I came back with a tan. Well, you would, you filthy criminal. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You know, and every time there'd be some fresh indignity. Uh, The police moved into my house in Bone Morris. They partied like it was 1999, and the local police had to come down to stop the noise. They burnt everything. They put the paintings in the fire. They shoot in the pool. What? Absolutely destroyed everything. You know, the only thing I had to my name as I sat in the concrete bed and concrete sink and concrete window of the Supermax were some old C90 cassette tapes that my lawyer had managed to get, which were the bug tapes from my house. So I could listen to my former life on tape and wonder who it was in that former life. Wow. Some of it was quite disturbing, like Clelia wandering around uh, the house and picking up the phone to her sister, and she was in tears over something. Not, not big sobs of hysteria, but upset. David made it through his 10 years of incarceration, but says just prior to his release he would get a visit from police to let him know that he would be getting no peace on the outside. 
and true to their word, they followed him everywhere. The police who came to visit me before I got released, now I'm at open prison by this stage. Yeah. Uh, everything was under control, yeah. I thought. But they were waiting for me, and they'd follow me every day. I just wasn't up to it, so I decided to leave Australia yeah. uh, pretty much for good. David is out of prison and has had enough. He's leaving. Police are hounding him on a day-to-day basis. Now, of course, David was on parole. When he leaves prison, that means no travel outside the state in which he's been paroled to, and most certainly no overseas travel. But of course, this is a man who's well-versed in travelling undetected. So, a quick visit to organise a false passport, and he's off to Thailand. But as soon as he lands at the airport, he almost immediately realises he's in trouble. Well, I I went to the airport and there were, uh, I could see something had gone wrong. They were everywhere, not looking at me. Um, A couple of plain clothes that I didn't particularly didn't like the look of were staring down from a balcony. The clerk behind the counter, she took my passport and said she wanted to look at something about it. Oh, yeah. Well... She said it'd only be a few minutes, and what I had in mind would only be a few minutes too. I was out of there like a shot. <laughs> oh, so you left? You, yeah. did, you didn't stay, stick around to wait, watch, see what she no, was doing. And, and I'll give you a tip. When you're leaving an airport, um, don't go down to arrivals because that's where all the taxis are to mm. pick up uh, departing passengers. What you do is, and when I say arrivals, I mean the arrival passengers from, from yeah. somewhere else. Yeah. You go to departures, which is a floor up. It confuses them because you're going to the wrong place and you're seeing passengers arrive getting on planes. Let's grab one of their taxis, uh, throw some money in his direction because they're not supposed to pick up fares like that. They yeah. need to drive down and join the queue. Yeah. But it, it really blocks up any of your pursuers. And I, I went into Bangkok City, took three tuk-tuks, I walked through the Shangri-La Hotel, took a drink somewhere, scratched my head, went over to see a couple of people I knew in Chinatown uh, just to use the phones there. See, don't, and when things fall to pieces, don't get sentimental. When it's all over, you don't exist. Just go to the B plan, which is for you, the ghost. But I was so infuriated, I just couldn't... It would take me all night to tell you the, the precautions I took. I'd had the Australian police convinced I was still in Melbourne. They'd heard me. They'd tapped my phone there and heard a conversation between me and Michael. Um, it was actually Michael standing in a payphone with a little tape recorder and my mobile phone holding them together, <laughs> playing it over. Nice. So... Uh, so you were very, very careful about not getting caught, but you, they obviously still got you. Yeah. Um, it was a, a tap phone, and um, my Thai friend refused to believe that it, the phones could be tapped there. This is Thailand. We don't do that. But mm. the, uh, the USDA more or less donated all the equipment that ran the telephone system back then in the uh, 90s. And sure enough, it, it was.
If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Authorities once again have David in custody. However, this is not Australia. This is Thailand, where the punishment for anyone involved in the drug business is severe. I knew what being arrested in Thailand meant. It meant you finished. Yeah. In 20 years, if you survived that death penalty, maybe. During a, a visit into uh, the prison in Thailand by some Australian liaison officer, said, oh, by the way, uh, you know you're fucked, aren't you? You're, you're finished. Deary me. I... Yeah, it does look that way. Oh, and if you do somehow survive 20 years in here, which we don't think, the office betting, the sweepstakes says you don't make it more than 10. Ah, oh, thanks. Uh, but anyway, if you did make it, don't think you're getting off. We've got plans for you. David, now under arrest, says at this point he just didn't care anymore. After serving a hard 10 years in maximum security in Australia, losing everything he had, including his wife, to the prison fire he began to contemplate suicide. However, there was just one problem. Because you couldn't kill yourself inside the Thai prison, there's no privacy. Dormitories with 160 people like sardines in there, lights on all night, mad gambas slapping down dice and dominoes all the time. Just just no, no, not a second. You know, you can't take a crap in pieces, just rows of little holes in the ground toilet people getting sick and dying slowly, not the kind of quick death you want. But when I'd been told that there was absolutely no way out, I kind of came together a bit then. I thought, well, let's not be hasty. I thought, no, I should really, yeah, no, help. Fuck yeah, there's a way out, there's a way out of everything. I'd been in uh, Jaika when Robert Wright went and got out that night. It's the 30th of July, 1983, 4.45pm on a warm afternoon in Melbourne, Australia. Six prisoners of Jika Jika, the high-security wing of Pentridge Prison, are brought in to the day room and are being monitored by one prison officer. The men were allowed access to this day room until 9pm in the evening. They were all doing handcrafts, 
when one of the inmates began to do some leather work in the corridor just outside the day room. The leather and the glue being used began to give off fumes. This situation with the fumes and the leather had actually been going on for many months, and unbeknownst to the prison officers, they'd been being groomed by the inmates to open the electric doors that led to the exercise yard in which to release these fumes. For three months, this had been going on without incident. So, just the same as the previous occasions, the prison officer in the big glass booth overlooking the corridor and day room opens two electric doors leading to the outside exercise yard. One of these doors was fully open while the other was raised about 30 centimetres. The prisoner who was in the corridor then asks to be led into the day room and the door between the corridor and the day room was opened automatically by the prison officer. This was it. It's go time. Four prisoners, Robert Wright, David McGauley, Timothy Neville and David Yulton, got down and crawled into the corridor as the other inmate entered the day room. They then had to crawl around eight metres straight past the prison officer's booth, remaining out of sight and low to the ground in the guard's blind spot. They all exit through the partially open door and into the exercise yard. Once in the yard, they would climb up the outer wall and Jimmy open a steel lip at the top which would give them access to the crawl space between the ceiling and the roof. Once inside, they feel their way through to the other end, crawling out and into the compound. They then would crawl along the edge of Jika Jika's perimeter wire so to avoid being seen by the security cameras. The men then run north across the open muddy ground of the prison. There are three security towers overlooking the area, but luckily for the escapees, the prison officers' union had refused to allow guards to man these towers past a certain time until they had been fitted with bulletproof glass. So it was a straight shot to the final wall. Once there, the four men would scale this using a homemade grappling hook and some rope. It's up and over the wall to freedom. Unfortunately for the escapees, they were spotted by passers-by who immediately contacted police and the men would be captured not long after their daring escape. I was invited on that escape, by the way, but we knew. Uh, I mean, there were five murderers, not ordinarily a bad thing, but the wrong kind of murderers, you know. Um, what is the right kind? Well, <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't yeah. say there's a right kind, yeah. but uh, the kind of murderers that... Look, normally a murderer is very easy to get along with in a prison because uh, people feel badly treated by the law or they've got too much time. Or but your murderer, at the end of the day, he has the silent, lasting satisfaction that he ripped the life out of somebody, if nothing else, and that person will never breathe a breath of air again. Sick it maybe? Wrong, yes. But nonetheless, being in prison is not really as imbalanced as all that. So your murderer, definitely easy to get along with, particularly the kind of perverse ones that kill for some strange personal reason. A guy I knew that uh, kept the body parts of his boyfriends in the freezer and used to take them out to uh, 
make love. Deary <laughs> me. Yeah, and he was very easy to get along with. <laughs> oh, it sounds like it. <laughs> Jesus yeah, yeah. I, uh, I, I did ask him, because uh, I was leaving that section. Uh, uh, you know, I've never asked you about, uh, you know, a little bit of business there. Just one question. Was frostbite ever an issue? Mm. But he, he, he never really answered that one. I guess not. That, no, the wrong kind of murderer is the, the ones who, the more common, unfortunately, who, who murder the weak. So if, if I went out, escaped from Jaika with that bunch, my first job would be to get away from yeah, them. move away from them as quickly and as possible. their first job would be to hang on to me. So I probably could have done it. But the trial was on, and I, I just didn't want to, wanted to see what that had happened. David now had his own escape to plan, but it certainly wasn't going to be easy. He had more than just prison walls and barbed wire to worry about. Firstly, he needed to get himself somewhere more quiet, where he wasn't surrounded by so many other inmates, as he also had to worry about the prison's trustees and room bosses, inmates who would happily rat you out at the drop of a hat. There were a lot of schemes. Uh, firstly, you had to get to a much better place than this sardine tin life. Managed to go to the section where the sentence prisoners go, and mid after the worst possible night, we're all squashed in. They, they do that on purpose. I'm oh, sorry, guys, the, the, the fan is uh, broken, you know. Um, really, uh, and there's kind of a room boss. But this place was so horrible that there wasn't even a room boss. Mm. I just remember the re- because the uh, my translator before I knew a few miserable words of Thai, it was English uh, and regional. He he translate uh, the Thai as though it was an English character, You're like Yorkshireman or something. <laughs> <laughs> so the the room boss in the place where the first night sent through and everybody's in chains and, and crowded up there. And he's got a little square of perfect clean linoleum and two little boys who clean up after him and bring his food and everything. He's got to put up with us in the same big dorm. And I've got to tell you, I keep those chains quiet, lads. You know, we're all in here together. I'm no better than any of you. Oh, no, I will, I believe it, I'm a prisoner too. Yeah. But I have to say, I cannot abide the smell of pee during the night. So hold your water. But if, if, and talk to my boys about it before you do anything, if you must, you must. But as for number twos, forget about it. <laughs> so that was the attitude of the, the trustees yeah. uh, inside the prison. So you've got a, another bunch of enemies there. And it became very clear that you couldn't tell them anything. Escaping for prisoners is always a big risk. In most countries, if you're caught escaping, it can mean transfers to higher security prisons, time spent in solitary confinement, and even more time added to your sentence. In Thailand, the punishment is even more severe. Some escapes were just unheard of. You could get whiskey, women, wine, whatever you like, but ruin the, the livelihoods of the guards. The guards have been so kind to take your ATM cards down to the bank and cash it for you for a percentage. So kind to uh, let you eat the food that they charge five times the retail price for when they sold it to you. So kind in many other ways. Yeah, to betray them by escaping. And then they'd beat to death uh, 
Well, it was worse in front of us by sight. We just heard it happening over several weeks. Mm. So they kept them in a coat locker and dragged them out in elephant chains, and their squeals would die out in a shriek of exhaustion, followed by the sound of wood hitting meat. Dearing me. Yeah. A bit off-putting for uh, most of my inmates' uh, friends in there. So it was hard to kind of get the escape committee going. Yeah. Um, and there was the get-out-of-jail-from-court scheme. There was even some crazy one where we were going to sneak out after hours disguised as United Nations Medical Emergency Response Team. It would have looked the part. It would have been really confusing to the Thai guards. Uh, but somehow, as we'd carry around a stretcher with Swiss Theo on it and uh, a Sten from Sweden at the front and me at the back with a little helmet on, and <laughs> I don't know, they'd probably just start opening doors, we figured. <laughs> um but that, that was wisely abandoned, and, and Theo didn't want to play anymore because he died in the cell and uh, cost me two cartons of cigarettes to get the body out of the cell. Yes, that's right. David had to pay to remove a dead man from his cell. He's being housed in Thailand's infamous Bangkok Hilton. Notorious for its appalling living conditions, disease and overcrowding is just a couple of the prison's issues. The prison is designed for over 20,000 inmates, but often holds more. The prison is a vast maze of walls and buildings. On three sides of the giant square compound is a large body of water much like a moat around an old medieval castle. From above, the prison is so incredibly complex and vast. And David, well, David was somewhere within it. I didn't realise how big it was. It was before the days of Google Earth. Uh, My friends couldn't really tell me much about the, the place. If I'd known what I know now, that I mean, it holds 22,000 people. You can imagine it's That's a city. Insane. Each building have, has an economy and a, little shops and industries of its own, all kind of black market, but not black market, but part of the life. I think that the general store has a lending library, a little hairdressers with two ancient chairs from the 1920s, a restaurant next door. Oh, the lending library, not what the biggest rented uh, material was. Well, I mean, is it something to do with escaping prisons? <laughs> no, there wouldn't have been. Yeah, there wouldn't have been anything. There's actually um, a daft of material on that uh, yeah. in print. It was uh, Chinese translations into Thai of, what would you call it, romance fiction. Oh, okay. Oh, that and pornography was the... Um, I was going to say pornography, uh, but I wouldn't have thought they'd have that in there. Yeah, not only that, um, imagine you're the pornographer library owner. Mm. How do you ensure that you ever see the material again? What, a big deposit? Well, yes, but, you know, you don't want to big it out of existence, you know, if it's too expensive. The magazines were cut up and put into lever arch folders after having been laminated and punch-holed with very clear page numbers on front and back. Yeah. So if you were missing a page, you got fined such and such from your deposit. 
I mean, they didn't supply a sponge and soap. <laughs> Just about everything else was thought of. <laughs> if it was that size, obviously you did, as you said, you didn't realise how big it was. So how do you even begin to try and decide what is the best way to get out of something like that? I, re- I realised all the plans, like being going to the prison auto repair shop and being welded into a VW van or something, anything that involved anybody else was just not going to work. Yeah, too dangerous. Um, The courtroom shootout, I couldn't find anybody desperado enough to go for that. Um, I mean, I had it so it wouldn't have been so bad, but, you know, you don't have to look far to find a grim story of the aftermath of that. um, Yeah. Army Rangers machine gunning everybody to death in Wan Chai district. And they, they, they weren't successful. But um, <clears throat> say to yourself in as much Zen like a control as you can I am here in this cell, in this wall, and I want to be out there. What are the things stopping me? Sneaky, loathsome trust, he will blow his whistle on me? Yes. What if they're in bed? Okay, nighttime, good. What are the guards doing? Mostly sleeping or drunk? Can you make them more drunk? Yes, I can. What do you need? And and in a kind of magpie scavenger way, anything that was interesting, I'd keep, like a little S-hook that was made of metal, trivial things. Not so trivial, I got 100 metres of army boot webbing from the army boot manufacturing factory within the prison. There was that thick nylon woven stuff mm. oh you could swing off that i had to disguise it as something so i made a kind of lattice bed frame even though you're not allowed beds in the thing only a kind of spongy mattressy bit of or a mat best sleeps i ever had i have to tell you it was great for my back a, a two-inch mattress a lot to be said for it but all good things come to an end and uh, after a year and a half of going to very sporadic courtroom appearances and my Ashen-faced, shame-faced, really. Lawyer said, uh, oh, "Sorry, David, it's all finished. Two weeks, three weeks, maybe. It finished? Yeah, not good. No, even he was admitting defeat at that stage. But when he said not good, if it was going to be a life sentence, he would say not bad, you know? Yeah, yeah, right. So it looked like they were going to make a an example of me um, with the death penalty." So David's worst fears had been realised. Not only was he getting the death penalty, but it was to be carried out in two weeks, three at the most. It was time to leave. With the ladder above there, at the top of it, I could see dawn was coming. There was a glow in the sky, somehow heartening but terrifying at the same time. Next time on Wanted. I'm a wanderer of the soul Before the end I plan to behold But I know I'll lose myself along the way What's gone is gone What's past is past Let me leave what belongs in the past 
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Confidence starts with loving who you are. And when your skin feels nourished and glows on the outside, you naturally radiate confidence from the inside. Give your skin a glow up with Osea's clinically proven Mega Moisture Duo. This ultra-hydrating body care features two of Osea's bestsellers, Andaria Algae Body Oil and Andaria Collagen Body Lotion. These seaweed-powered heroes use skincare-level ingredients normally reserved for your face for results you can see and confidence you can feel. Osea has been making clean, clinically proven seaweed-infused face and body care products for over 28 years. This luxurious skincare is vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Glow from the inside out. Get 10% off your first order with code GLOW at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A-Malibu.com, code GLOW.